Let me again tell you how grateful we are that you're here with us this evening. And again, on behalf of our staff, what a privilege that you would spend one of the most precious resources that you have, your time, to be with us. So from those of us who are perhaps the most seasoned and the most uh, experienced in the ways of this world to the least of these or the littlest of these in this room, we're so grateful that everyone's here this evening. And I pray that in some way, form, or fashion, the lyrics of the songs we sing, the interaction that we've had with the children in the previous moments, or just a few moments that we would spend together in God's Word, you would be ministered and your soul would be blessed by our time together. Listen, I I believe that Christmas is a time to be reminded that Jesus offers what so many of us truly want and what so few of us really have, and that's peace. Christmas is a time to be reminded what Jesus offers is what so few of us really have in an eternally significant, lasting way, but so many of us truly want, and that's peace. Tonight, I want to read a portion of Scripture that describes for us an individual that was longing for peace, was longing for satisfaction, was longing for contentment. And so I want to read a portion of Scripture to you from Psalm 13. This comes to us from the psalmist. This is King David, and I want to read the first four verses. And so often I will encourage you, if you have a Bible, to read along. But listen, there's there's a lot of movement and a lot of logistical things going on in a service like this. So let me encourage you to open your ears and your hearts as wide and as deep as you can to see if in any way you can identify with the longing or the prayer of the one who wrote this psalm. David said, how long, O Lord, will you forget me? Will it be forever? How long will you hide your face from me? And how long will I store up anxious concerns within me and agony in my mind every day? How long will my enemy dominate me? Consider me and answer me, Lord, my God. Please restore brightness to my eyes, otherwise I will sleep in death. My enemy will say, I've triumphed over him, and my foes will rejoice because I am shaken. Now that may not be a psalm or even a passage or portion of scripture that you're familiar with at the season of Advent. I'm so grateful for Alex Rose that she read for us the the birth narrative, the arrival of Jesus, and all of the different things that were happening in Bethlehem, the stable, the long journey, the, the birth in the middle of the night. But this passage really is very important to us because I believe in some form or fashion we can all resonate with someone who's longing for an answered prayer. One of the things David mentioned here was that he's longing for the Lord to speak to him. Lord, I long with anxiousness. How many of us are anxious or nervous about something, right? Advent literally means waiting. It's a season of waiting and longing. I mean, David's speaking right to where so many of us live How long? And I even underline that in this passage. How long? How long? How long? I'm anxious. I think it's okay to paraphrase. I'm overwhelmed. I'm nervous. I can't be restful. I don't know if you've ever felt that way. And if in the last 18 months, we we didn't even get to celebrate in the city of Nashville coming together on Christmas Eve like like we are right now because of some of the the things going on globally and in our city. I mean, I don't don't know if the last year has made you anxious or longing in any form or fashion. Those desires don't stay outside the door when we light the candles and sing the songs that warm our heart. You still bring all that in here. And we would be uh, be insincere to act like some of those concerns don't exist. 
You know, I, I, I recently, just in this very week, have experienced great longing and anxiousness and nervousness that just chewed me up from the inside out. Uh, one of the things that we wanted to do, our, our daughter has had on her wish list, that she wanted a trampoline for Christmas. She has wanted a trampoline for Christmas, and it just so happened that we found out about a trampoline here in the city of Nashville that was for sale that we could get that was gently used and in great condition, and someone no longer had need of it. And so we immediately jumped on that and said, we want that trampoline, pretty much sight unseen. And we were so excited about it. And this wasn't necessarily a surprise. We were going to get it and unload it, and we, we just wanted to, to do this for our child. And when I arrived to lay my eyes on this 12 by 12 by 12 feet tall trampoline, I immediately was overwhelmed at what I had just committed myself to. And I was so overwhelmed at the logistical, I, I'm, I'm not embellishing, which pastors may be prone to do, the logistical nightmare that lay ahead of me. I even contacted a good friend in our congregation who is an engineer by nature and by trade and said, would you meet me at said property to put your eyes on this incredible design and feature that I don't even know how to transport? We looked at the, the, the bolts and the washers and everything, and it, and it was, because it's out in the element, rusted just enough that you couldn't loosen them. You couldn't get them unattached. And I thought, if we take it apart, and I didn't even need to finish the sentence, he said, I don't think we'll get it back together if we take this apart, I mean, talk about a Christmas nightmare. And so we figured out a way. I invited the boys. They were thrilled to participate in this family adventure. Let me, <laughs> let me tell you about these two teenagers and their excitement to join me. And we, we figured that we would collapse the top portion of the trampoline and we would unattach the poles and get the netting down. And it still stood about four feet tall and 12 feet wide. And so I borrowed a trailer from a dear friend in Spring Hill, sight unseen, hoping it's somewhere close to 10 to 12 feet. And by the time I went and got the trailer, it is not 12 feet long. And by the time we arrived in the driveway, I told the person selling, if you'll just let me load it and keep it here, I will pray vigorously in my prayer closet and I will figure out a way how to take it off your property before the end of the day. And so we flipped that thing upside down and we strapped it down with every bungee and every rope and every cable available in the city of Nashville. I'm convinced of it. And we strapped it to the back of there. And I, I just knew I couldn't get on. I mean, it sticks out of the F-150's footprint four feet on either side. You think about pulling up next to me in traffic and the look you would give me if you could even find room on the road next to me. I said, Amy, I can't drive this thing in rush hour. I, I, I don't want to wreck the trailer I borrowed. I don't want to wreck the truck that, that my son now drives. And I, I don't want to get in trouble with the law for transporting this thing. And I said, you know what we need to do? We need to pick a time where there's no one on the streets. And so that's right. I set my alarm for 1.30 a.m. this week. <laughs> I woke Amy up. She knew it was coming. And I said, let's get in the car and go. And my dear friend, who's the engineer, met us in this neighborhood at 1.30 or so in the morning, and with Amy riding in front of me with her flashers on and me going down the road, taking up both 12-foot lanes, if you will, and my dear friend behind me flashing to keep anybody that would be out on the road, what are you doing out on the road at 2 a.m. anyway, other than hauling a trampoline for your family, right? Of course. I, I, I'll be honest with you, all day long I was so anxious and nervous, I thought that this is probably the, the line between faith and insanity is razor thin sometimes. 
I thought, am I, I, I'm a grown man, but am I naive? Am I stupid? Am I foolish to try to provide this gift? And am I going to literally wreck property or hurt someone else? What if somebody comes around the corner right before we get in the neighborhood? And, and getting into the neighborhood, I, I even texted the thread in our neighborhood and said, if you hear anything around 2 a.m., it's me. It's me clanging and making noise in the driveway. I was so nervous about all the ways things could go wrong, right? Like even if you walked in here tonight, and for some of us when I say you're anxious, you're longing, you could preach David's sermon because it's been one of those years. It's been hard. And you feel like, like, God, if you don't show up, like I just need a break. I look around this room. Some of you, you have such tremendous faith, and I'm so proud of the way you've trusted the Lord. You just, you just need a break. It's been so hard. But others of you, maybe on the other end of the spectrum, let's just paint those broad perspectives. Maybe everything's going really well. You're here and, and you're trying to line up everything just as you want in your life, even for the festivities this evening. That's why we have this service earlier in the afternoon because you're going to family or friends, hopefully, and maybe tomorrow as you celebrate, you want everything to be perfect and you're nervous. Even about good stuff, right? My example is one that's even something that was hopeful and encouraging was like, this could go wrong so many ways. I'm not in control. I think we can all resonate. That's why we chose this text for Advent. We can all resonate with a longing and a desire for the Lord to do something about our anxiousness, to do something about our concern, especially if it ruins your ability to enjoy the purpose for living, which is to be in relationship with the one who knows you best and loves you most. And that's why I said what I did just a few moments ago. Advent and Christmas is all about the reality that Jesus offers us what we all truly want in a lasting, meaningful way that we could hold on and won't evaporate. But so few of us have, and it's peace. Now, peace, as the Bible tells it, is not, like, it doesn't mean the absence of conflict. There, there are wars, there's rumors of wars, there's poverty, there's hunger, there's food insecurity in our city. I mean, there are challenges. Peace does not mean that everything around your dinner table this evening or everything around the Christmas tree will be perfect tomorrow. I'm, I'm not trying to be naive or, 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 or trite about that. Peace is not the absence of conflict or hardship in life because it's a beautiful but a broken world. But peace, as the Bible discusses, it means shalom. Like It's the Hebrew word for flourishing, that in spite of a broken world damaged by sin, that you can still flourish. You can still find a reason for getting up in the morning. You can still find hope. The, the Advent wreath that we've lit, these different candles, they represent different things. They represent hope. They represent joy. They represent peace, as I'm describing it. All of these things are found in the person of Jesus. And Some 800 years before Jesus arrived, the prophet Isaiah declared this. For a child will be born for us. That child is Jesus. A son will be given to us, and the government will rest upon his shoulders. Those are some pretty broad shoulders. You can trust him with everything you're anxious and nervous about. His name will be Wonderful Counselor. You need wisdom. You need insight. You need counsel. You can trust Jesus Christ with your concerns and your desire for wisdom. He has the mind of God available at his disposal, and you simply need to ask him. Wonderful counselor, mighty God, do you need strength? Do you feel like you're coasting into Christmas, just run out on fumes and sliding into home just by the skin of your teeth? Do you feel exhausted or weak in need of strength? Jesus is your strength, mighty God, eternal Father. Isn't it wonderful to know that Jesus is so other than us? 
that nobody thought him up. There was never a time he wasn't. He's always existed. He's got it. The sun will go down. The sun will rise tomorrow, Christmas morning. And he doesn't need us or our help or our assistance to make that happen. Eternal Father, and here it is, Prince of Peace. Prince of Peace. Not the absence of conflict or hardship, even relational challenges within your maybe family system. That, that still happens at Christmas. But Jesus offers us a flourishing that you can find in spite of those things. Jesus was born for the purpose of making peace between us and his Father. And on the cross, which we'll celebrate at Easter, that's the reason Advent, Christmas, is so important, is because Jesus would make peace for you with his Father. You can, you can have peace with him first, and then every other thing in your life has a chance. Don't hear me promise it. So I don't know the details of your life or the circumstances, but I, I sincerely mean that everything you put your hand to, every relationship that you invest your time or your effort in, every vocational or work-related challenge that you want to do well, you want to see flourish, it has a chance. You have an opportunity to see things do well, if only in the person of Jesus Christ. He is our peace. And, and that's why I want to read to you the last two verses of Psalm 13. I love, I absolutely love that God keeps in the Bible passages that are hard or difficult. Like you probably wouldn't expect to show up at a Christmas Eve service and hear somebody saying, how long? Don't hide your face. Do you care about me? Like what if I just waste away? That is so not encouraging on Christmas Eve. But I'm so glad that that's not where the story ends. Remember, I mentioned that Jesus is our peace. He's our flourishing. Our lives matter because of the Christ child. So David finishes with these two last verses. Psalms, Psalm 13. You may want to read it later. It's only six verses. I used to love passages like this as a kid. I can read six verses. Verses 5 and 6. But I have trusted in your faithful love. Because of what I just shared, because of what we know about Jesus, I'll trust you. Because you've proved faithful in the past. I know it's difficult, challenging. I'm anxious. I'm eager but I'll trust you. My heart will rejoice in the deliverance that comes from God, and I will sing to the Lord because He has treated me generously. He went from longing and anxiousness and nervousness and an overwhelmness to trust and to joy and to rejoicing the sound of joy resound and echo throughout these walls as we sing these songs about Jesus and the reality that he is what so many of us want and are after and so few of us have, that he is our eternal, significant, lasting peace. I pray that ministers to you. I pray that if you get everything you want for Christmas, you still know that it's only Jesus that when all the gifts are opened, can satisfy that craving for more. I pray if things are good, it's been a wonderful year, it's been a wonderful week, that you would be mindful it has been because of the favor and the joy and the provision of a God of peace, and his name is Jesus. I pray that we wouldn't miss that this year, especially not this evening. If you've never received the peace of Jesus Christ, I don't think there's a better time than Christmas to give your life to following Jesus. If you've never chosen to follow Jesus, you can talk to any of us on staff about what that means. 
no Christian or follower of Jesus has it all figured out. We are broken individuals in need of the peace of Jesus, and we would love to tell you our story at any time about what the peace of Jesus has done for us. That's what we hold on to, and we would want that for you. So you can place your faith in Jesus for his peace at any time you need to, but please don't hesitate to reach out to our staff. If you've traveled in from out of state and you want to email us or call us, it would be our privilege to tell you about the peace and how you might grow in that understanding in your own city, community, or helping you find a church.